0: Coming up on the Love Today podcast.
1: I've met people. I know we've all met people. I know everyone is listening to this and they've had a moment where they'd be like, I don't know where you came from or why you're here right now, but we're both here together. And that's incredible. And that is not coincidence. It is incredible. And you are not fully responsible for it. You take a little responsibility. You listened when you were supposed to listen. You know, you were present. You were this, like. But I just refuse to take full responsibility for the blessing that is my life. I didn't make this happen by myself.
0: Hello there, space yogis and brave servants of peace. My name is Fer Lujan Mote, also known as Parameshwar, and I'd like to welcome you to the Love Today podcast where I have the distinct honor of sitting down to have meaningful and far-reaching conversations with fascinating beings from all walks of life, beings whose rich stories and clarifying wisdom serves to inspire and empower us to follow our bliss, which is quickly becoming the value proposition, the mission statement of not only the Love Today podcast, but Love Today as a whole. Now more than ever, as we sit at the precipice of a new world, as a friend of mine once said, uh, now more than ever, we must follow our bliss. And why? Because that is the only sane way to live. And It inspires other people to do the same. And when we are following our bliss, living from this place of stillness, of ecstatic stillness, which, spoiler alert, is everyday consciousness, just as it is when we live from this space, suddenly we realize that we are not separate from this world, but a harmonious part of it, that we have a responsibility, that we must assume responsibility for our lives, and in as many ways as possible, be agents of balance for this planet, for this existence. And that starts from being true to oneself, from knowing who we really are and everything else unfolds from there. But that's enough of mysticism, at least for right now. And now I'd like to introduce this week's guest of the podcast. This week's guest is my dear friend and close spiritual and artistic mentor, the wondrous and vibrant Christopher Rivas. Chris is a multi-hyphenate actor, author, podcaster, and storyteller. He currently co-stars in the second season of the Fox series, Call Me Cat, opposite Maim Bialik, Leslie Jordan, Kyla Pratt, and Shajan Jackson. Rivas is simultaneously authoring a book called Brown Enough that Row House Publishing is slated to release September 2022, as well as two podcasts with Sirius Stitcher, the first a limited series on the life of Porfirio Rubirosa, and the second a 40 episode talk by the same title of his book. You can follow him on Instagram at Christopher Rivas. In this episode, we explore how art can make us less selfish and take better care of this planet, the paradoxical and liberating practice of surrender, the simplicity of enlightenment, the power of storytelling and cosmic humor, and Chris's vivid and immediate relationship with God. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where you'll get to hear a beautiful and heart-opening and utterly moving prayer that Chris makes up on the spot and it's moved me to tears. It was really powerful and I'm grateful for him if he's listening. Chris, I'm grateful for you, for your light and thank you for coming on the podcast. And yeah, that's that's it for the intro. Thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. The best way to support it at the moment is by subscribing and sharing with a friend or two. And uh, or sending me a message through my Instagram at Fermote, Mote, fer underscore Mote. And letting me know what you think uh, about this episode and who you want to see or hear next in the podcast. And yeah, anything, just a, a word of encouragement even is much appreciated. I This year, I really want to make a stronger connection with listeners um, so that we can really create a, a sangha, as it's called, a community of creators, of entrepreneurs, of, you know, I think people uh, from all walks of life. May you be safe, be healthy, be free, and live with ease. This is Fer Lujan signing off from a small room in San Jose, Costa Rica, looking out into the beautiful blue sky speckled with clouds, and feeling grateful for this next breath. Have you been higher than this? There's so many things that are worth dressing for, therefore, you've got to hold on to hope and just hope to explode into happiness. I really hope you succeed. Have you been higher than this? And I'm popular, artists. I started by singing the jazz and then grew to a pop. It's an art, it's a beautiful way to express your beliefs. There's many voices in my head. Chris, welcome to the Love Today podcast. Thank you so much for being on here. Yeah,
1: it's my pleasure. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. In Costa Rica, we were just talking about how in LA, it's burning up, but here it's been raining all month.
1: (laughs) I'll take, I mean, you know, yeah, there's no perfect place, but I'll take some rain right now. It was 115 yesterday.
0: Right. How are you coping with that?
1: Uh, Slowly. (laughs)
0: you know like
1: literally the the earth or a city you know are is not designed for 115 degrees Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's true like it's just not built for that you know like air conditioners are 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 just like grasping they're like i can't do i can't do what i'm supposed to do it's just too hot um So it ends up me just lying on the floor a lot and just sort of (laughs) accepting, accepting that I'm going to sweat and that it's hot. And just, you know, that's it. just sort of accept heat. Heat makes you, you just got to accept it.
0: Right. I grew up in a very hot climate. I was born and raised in Cuernavaca, which is very, very hot. And, yeah, I remember those nights when you're trying to sleep and you're just sweating, and th- that sleep isn't coming. oh, that's that's painful, but
1: uh, a hot night, a hot sweaty night is rough,
0: yeah, <laughs> but uh, what is just out of curiosity, what is your your perspective on on climate change and everything <laughs> that's going on with that? Like, because for me, sometimes, you know, like I believe like, deep down, you know, that it's, it's, if, if you're not on this earth with some hope that things are going to get better and that, you know, humanity is like innately good, there's a lot that can go wrong, but sometimes it's hard for me to keep that hope alive. You know, that the planet is going to get okay just because of everything that's going on right now. But how do you, how do you keep that hope? How do you keep that, that positivity or, cause I feel like you're a very positive and, and hardworking person. So I just want to learn more about how you stay that, how you stay like that, you know? I don't,
1: One, I don't know that I'm... I think I'm positive, but I'm not always hopeful. Mm. Uh, You know, regarding climate change, it's like, what... I believe Death Valley just recorded 130 degrees not too long ago. Um, Maybe that was even last week or something, or two weeks ago. And it's the hottest recorded temperature in the U.S., right? Right? 130 degrees uh if you're not understanding it yet like 115 in LA 109 the day before right if you're not seeing it if it's not clicking in for you yet I don't know what it will take and I think what it will take is so there's one thing about being positive and then there's one thing about being realistic and there's one thing about just understanding humans. And and I just don't think humans have enough imagination to envision why climate affects them personally. Mm. You know, like I think until until they're about to fall off the cliff, until you push them to the cliff and they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to fall off the cliff. If I fall <laughs> off the cliff, like really, until they see the cliff, they do it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Right, it doesn't. It's not actually affecting them. It's not affecting the way they pay rent. It's not affecting the way they survive. It's not like actually affecting them. And part of it is just that I do have a problem with thinking that humans are inherently good. Mm. I think humans are inherently selfish before they're inherently good. Mm. And I think a big part of our sort of what what prevents us from our ultimate goodness is our is our selfishness, because kindness you know all the all the qualities you talk about kindness compassion uh empathy uh generosity awareness all of that is 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 tied to thinking about someone else selfishness is the great wall that prevents us from from being compassionate or kind or generous uh and so the question i think about over climate change over All of the race stuff in the world, not just in America, all of the policing stuff, all of the stuff is how do we get over, how do we get out of our selfishness? How do we break people away from their selfishness? Uh, I think that's what art can do. Hmm. That's what I'm hopeful about. I'm hopeful that some artist, not even me, some artist might create something that will make someone feel it in this lifetime. They won't need to see the cliff, they'll be able to imagine it and feel it, and so they'll want to do better for others, hmm. right? Art can hopefully make us less selfish. Uh, so I'm not always hopeful, but I am positive and encouraged that some artists will make something that will make us less selfish.
0: Right. Yeah. It stems down, I think, to survival as well, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Uh-huh. Like you need. I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was like, she was saying, like, we all have the same goals. You know, we all want to be happy. We all want to be safe, have shelter. But if we don't get our, our priorities straight, like very basic things like getting food in a harmonious way, you know, uh, all these different things, then things are not going to change if we don't agree in these basic. Uh, ways of survival. And so I think that's really tr- true. And um, yeah, selfishness. I, I feel, and I'm interested in hearing how you deal with this, but whenever I get too bogged down with my own thoughts of like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to uh, get this job or I need to be this kind of artist. And in the moment where I stop thinking about that, I think of someone else, like my whole like mindset just changes in that instant. It's like all my problems seem to just like fade away. And I'm like, wait, it's not, it's not just about me. It's about others as well. And when I can help others, then it's, it's much more beautiful than always like, worrying about my pay cut, you know? So what, what has been your experience with that um, um, attitude of, of, of selflessness and how do, how do we engage the selfless nature within through our, through our art, like through stories? Like how, how, how do you think?
1: So I had a student recently in one of my storytelling classes, she said something to me. She said, uh, she said it to the group. She was like, my problems are not your problems, but they kind of are. And I really, like, I was really struck by that. I was like, yeah, your problems are not my problems, but they kind of are. Like, that's, We need sort of the balance, you know, I don't think I'm voting for full selflessness. Um, Maybe I am, maybe I just don't have the courage to go there yet. Like maybe I'm just still too selfish to be fully selfless. Um, (laughs) But I think even, I imagine that even the Buddha decided to like, he first wanted to cure his own suffering before he decided to help others. Yeah. It's his sort of selfishness that led him to this great teaching, right? Um, it really is that balance. It's that it's that it's that middle point between selfish, selfish and selfless. And I think it's like a, it takes that high courage to acknowledge your own selfishness and to acknowledge those moments where you're like, God, I'm thinking a lot about me right now. Like my teacher says to me all the time, you are never you're never more selfish than when things aren't going your way. And that's a beautiful moment to check in. When (laughs) things aren't going my way, I'm never more selfish. Wow. Because then it's me, 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 like me, 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 me. And this pandemic was a beautiful moment for things not to be going my way for like, and so instead of, you know, most of humanity thinking about how everyone else is in this same turmoil and, and some sort of version of suffering and like, confusion and pandemic and loss and sickness and all of that, like, instead of thinking about others, a lot of us were just thinking, rightfully so, like, how am I gonna move forward? You know, what am I gonna do next? Like, what about this? What about this vacation I had? What about this thing I had planned? What about this gig? What about this job? Um, So many of us became me, 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 and more than we already were, which is ironic because we were literally experiencing something globally, which in my like, when has that happened before? Like literally a global, a global, don't even call it a global pandemic, like a global experience. Right. We shared something. Um, yeah. I think it's a combination between acknowledging your own selfishness, calling it out, especially in moments when it's really high. Um, And practicing selflessness. Practicing you don't even have to call it selflessness. That seems so large. Like it seems like a big task. Like be selfless. Just practice, I don't know, seeing thinking how you can help another, be there for another. Or just putting yourself in fucking just imagining that like it's 115 degrees and homeless people are outside right now. That sucks. It's hard. It's really, really hard. If you take that moment to just think about someone else, something might happen in you. I don't know.
0: That's very true. No, I think that's spot on. I loved. I love when you brought up the Buddha because it's true. You know, he he did have to sit in that tree by himself for for a while in order to like be able to transmit that truth to others. Um, <laughs> And you also mentioned, um, which I'm curious to, to dive deep into a bit, that you had a teacher. Is this a spiritual teacher? Is this a, just a mentor? Like, and how did you come across this, this relationship?
1: It is, uh, his name is, is Michael Stone. Uh, he's passed away now. Oh. Um, but you can listen to a bunch of his stuff online and read his books. Uh, I met him at a retreat, uh, changed my life, um, think anyone can sort of be your teacher you know uh I think I think it's important that we all have a teacher of some kind mentor teacher you know like someone we look up to in business and life and spirit and faith whatever um and he became that for me uh he passed away uh and I still listen to a lot of his talks and and sit with a lot of his wisdom. And I try to sort of invite him to my heart whenever I'm going through something or whenever mm-hmm. I'm contemplating something, I, I do believe like we can invite people and in their, their wisdoms and their knowing dead or alive. They don't have to be dead. You know, like what would, what would, what would Johnny say? What would Mike say? What would Jennifer say? Like what would, you know, so-and-so say or do right now? And, and I think inviting that wisdom into our
0: hearts helps us. Yeah, and why did why did it change your life, that retreat or that, that moment?
1: Well, I've done a lot of silent retreats. Um, uh, he specifically uh, spoke to me in a new way because I don't think there's a meditation, I don't think there's a Buddhism teacher who speaks to Buddhism from such a present, accessible, right now place. Hmm. He doesn't make it pretty, he doesn't make it esoteric, he doesn't make it like it's 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 holier than now it is hard fucking work it is hard work to decide to be ha- to be to suffer less it's hard work and we are selfish beings um and we have all this stuff we have to handle and do and pay rent and and fulfill our own egos and be liked and like ourselves and and Instagram and, you know, like all of this stuff, he, I've never met a teacher who grounds it more and makes it more accessible than, than Michael Stone. Wow. Yeah. The podcast is called Awaken the World.
0: Awaken the World. Amazing. I, I, I agree with you completely on that, Chris. I have like a small altar with like teachers and mentors, again, that are alive who have really impacted me. Like I have Ram Dass on there, Muji, Um, Ramana Maharaji, like all these people who, when I I just look at and like, it's just like this instant of like a recognition that I'm not just my ego, that I'm higher than that, that I'm greater than that and that it's going to be okay. Like Ramana Mm -hmm. Maharaji, the picture I have of him is just like smiling, like very, very like knowingly, like, who are you really? Like, he's at like asking me, like, who are you? Who do you think you are? And why are you suffering? Where does that suffering come from? And it's very, I also keep like a picture of Jesus in my desk just so he can keep me in check whenever I get really stressed or whatever. Like I just look at him and it's like, okay, I get it. Fine. <laughs> and then I I go back. I find that I find that the work that has manifested in my life uh, and that I've practiced every day that I practice every day, I, I try to is surrender. Surrendering to that to that frequency of of you can call it the middle way, nirvana, unconditional love, the kingdom of heaven, whatever. Um, but I'm just I'm just curious on how you how that process has been for you. How have you learned to be vulnerable with yourself and 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 accept the things that, you know, like, like understand, like, yes, I am selfish. Yes, I have this ego. But how do I move on from that? If that makes any sense, like how do how do I move on past this the shell <laughs> of, of this incarnation? And, and how do I surrender to this experience of? Being alive without any labels. That's a
1: big question, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, simplify the question. How do I surrender? How do I what? How do I? Yeah, yeah. How do, do I, I,
0: how do you how do you practice surrender in your life?
1: Oh, um, how do you practice surrender? Uh, I. The irony of practicing surrenders, so I'll never forget I was, um, this was back when I was obsessed with practicing patience, right? And uh, I was talking to, not even, I was walking, I was like early morning, I think I just dropped off my laundry uh, somewhere, and I ran into my friend, and he had a breakfast burrito in hand, and he said, yo, Chris, how you doing? And I said, you know, I'm just chilling, practicing, being patient. And he said, practicing patience? That seems like an oxymoron. (laughs) can't really practice patience. Uh, and then he like walks away. He's like, cool. I'll see you later. (laughs) And I, and i never forget that because you can't right. you, you don't. To return this sort of a line I love from the Buddha is you only own what you can let go of. Hmm. Right. Uh, or Zen says like, if you're still talking about love, you don't know love. If you're still talking about patience, you don't know patience. If you're still talking about surrender, you don't know surrender. Um, you can't really practice patient. You can be patient. Uh, you can engage in it. You can rest in patience. Um And surrender, I think is a, is a similar. I think you can surrender and, mm. and surrender is uh, if you keep practicing out of surrender, I don't know that you actually ever jumped out of the plane. You know, like, I think you just talked about it. I think you, you just kind of hung around on the plane and you and you kept saying, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender. Like I want to surrender. I want to surrender. But eventually like <laughs> e- either God's going to push you out of the plane, you know, or God and drag or God in some disguise is going to push you out before you're ready. Um, or you'll just do it or you'll just fall. Uh, am I an expert at this? No. Yes. I still spend a lot of time in the plane, but, but I, I do believe in you only own what you can let go of. And, uh, the relationship I want to have with surrender, I think really just involves me resting more and allowing things to exist as they are, um, and not reaching and not grasping. Right. None of that shit. None of that. Like, let me go get it. Let me go make it happen. Uh, let me just surrender. Let me fall. I'm falling. I'm falling into it. Wow. Yeah.
0: I yeah man, I I have this like recurring image in my head of I love that first of all I love that like it brings to mind also the the line that Yoda says in Star Wars like do or do not do <laughs> <us> <laughs> try, uh, which is also you know he was inspired by Zen monks like George Lucas and that whole culture. Um, for I didn't know character. that, but yeah. of course,
1: yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course.
0: I I tell you the story too. I was uh, I was this I was at this. Um, I don't know if you've you've read or heard about the autobiography of a Yogi of Yogananda yep. Paramahansa. Uh, I was at one of his temples in LA that he built when he was there. Uh, the center first. I don't know if you've been there. I obviously. live across the street from one. No way! No the way! Yeah. Wow! Is it the small no, realization? A
1: small house? I live with the, I live at the small one uh, yeah. on Sunset Boulevard.
0: Wow! <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right by the
1: Scientology Center, which I think is so funny. I think, like, (laughs) and I love that, like, the main Scientology building is right next to a Yogananda Center. Like, you know, the Center for Self Realization, which is, like, tiny. It's, like, the size of my laptop versus, like, (laughs) the size of, like, a, you know, a a complex.
0: Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember passing through there. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, the story, I was there once and I, I met this this really beautiful and uh, strange man who just like kept telling me these stories of, of, you know, miracles that he had uh, witnessed and, you know, uh, experienced in Mexico of all places. And then we, I was, I told him like, you know, I have to go. And then he told me the story of one of his teachers. I wasn't Parmahansa, but one of his disciples, um, um, uh, they asked him like, Hey, um, it was, this, this, this was the 1970s, mind you. Uh, Star Wars had just come out. Um, they asked him, Hey, we just saw this Star Wars movie. Uh, and based on what we've read and learned from Yogananda, like it seems like pretty similar to to the miracles that he spoke and that he taught and, and everything. And the, the disciple was just like, yeah, that, about the, that film pretty much sums it up of what it's like to be enlightened. And then he just went to bed. <laughs> and I just thought that was the craziest story. And it just, uh, sheds light to Star Wars in a very interesting way.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't know that we're ready for enlightenment in, in, in actuality is very simple. Mm. It's very simple. Like give up all this stuff that you think defines you, that you think makes you. Accept what you can what you can and can't control. Right. Uh, Don't think about yourself so much. Like It's actually a very, it's a very simple thing that in actuality, most human beings are not ready for. Like many of us seek this chaos, myself included, because it helps define our existence. It gives our life meaning. We're attached to the hurt, to the pain, to the. Because the movie about enlightenment is really boring. Yes. It's boring. (laughs) To watch someone just be happy and content with just sitting, with just going for a walk (laughs) around the block, like, that's a boring fucking movie.
0: I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was I was watching this documentary of on Uh and it, it, I was thinking, like, there's no way somebody could make a movie about this guy. It's just literally him sitting around and just being happy <laughs> and being at peace. It's,
1: it's boring, and so people think they want that, but they don't. They want excitement. They want what the movie shows them. They want what Instagram shows them. They mm-hmm. want – that's what they want. They want to be a Kardashian. They want to be, and even if they don't know they want to be a Kardashian, they they, they subtly have want to because like the media and culture tells them to. They want, they want more. They want the flash. They want the shiny shit. They want to like get high. I don't mean that about drugs. I just mean like the feeling of a rush. They want dopamine. They want endorphins. They want, you know, and, and then, and then there's this version where we're just like, oh, I'm just okay with how it is. Right. don't need more. don't need less. I'm just going to accept what comes my way. I'm going to be surprised along the way. It gets boring.
0: Well, yeah, yes and no, I would say. Like, my own experience with that concept of enlightenment, and I, I got this from Ram Dass, the way he speaks about it, is that we're here we're the universe um, having a human experience, and we're dancing. We're always dancing with the yin and the yang and the positive and the negative. And when we try to cling to one state, that's when suffering comes. But for me, the beauty and the excitement of enlightenment and something man, I work it happened today, man. like i was i was I was trying to build my website for the podcast, and I was trying to pay for for my subscription. And I saw that it charged me like $300 for like, for no reason. And in that moment I was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? And am I going to get this money back? And all these like thoughts of stress and anger came about. And I was, you know, I was like yelling on Twitter, like, how is this possible? Um, but it wasn't until like, I stepped back from that, let's say negative energy that I was like, no, this is fuck. like, this is part of the dance. This is part of the game. Like if I didn't know, if I didn't know pain, I wouldn't know happiness. If I didn't know happiness, I wouldn't know pain. Um, and so, and I'm interested to in hearing too about how you think about that. Cause once, once you realize, man, that the ego is not like that, that happiness cannot be found in the conceptual realm. Like that's a profound shift in, in thinking that's a profound shift in living life. And I don't necessarily think that it, it has to be boring that it always has to be sitting down and breathing. I feel like it can be very active, but all of this to say, like, how do you how do you personally maintain that balance between being and doing?
1: Hopefully, the things you're doing are authentic to your being, um, and that helps, right? Like, I think there are things we do that are stretches for us. We do them because we think we should. We do them because we think they'll make us a better, you know, because we read an article like successful CEOs wake up at this time. And so we decided to wake up at this time, you know, and, um, the happiest people do this. So we decided to do this, you know, like, uh, and I just read an article that like people drink lemon water in the morning. So now I'm drinking lemon water in the morning. (laughs) You know, like, I think there's a, there's a difference between, um, doing, that's from our soul, it's from our spirit. Uh and then so there's, yeah, there's doing that's authentic and then there's doing that but so much of our doing, right, is to find that authenticity. Maybe not for everyone. Um I know a lot of mine is. I know my father just recently said to me and I can't stop thinking about it, he said, Why are you always trying to and it's so simple, right? It's so simple. So simple. He said, Why are you always trying to find yourself? You're here, mm. just be here. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: And all I can say is, you're right. That's how simple it is. That's how simple enlightenment is. That's why Ram Dass made a bestseller with three words: "Be here now." Hmm. That's why Eric Tolle made a bestseller with "Power of Now," because it's so simple. It really is. I'm returning to this simplicity that, like, we make complicated, and but it's simple and so I don't say you just have to sit all day but it's like it's not complicated be here this <sighs> is it right? why are you always trying to find yourself just
0: you're here just be here yeah. that, was, that was extremely soothing <laughs> that was extremely I was just like Right, right. It's so simple. It's so true. It's so true. And I thank you for saying that because I feel for a lot of people, spirituality and meditation and all of these you know practices that have been around for thousands of years can seem very complicated and very uh, oh, it's not for me or like it's too, I could I, I would never be able to do that. But once you pitch it in a way where it's like just just be here for a couple of moments, just listen to yourself, listen to the, the environment around you feel your body feel what your body is telling you it's and like or like i don't know if you've watched the show midnight gospel um oh yes yes i'm so glad you've seen it like that, that last episode when oh my god my mom and oh the my mom, gosh. mom is like saying like just feel just feel I your i watched head. that episode three times me too <laughs> me too man <laughs> me too wow um, but yeah, it's just is like, feel your hands, just feel your hands. And that's it. Like, that's it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that.
1: And that's hard. And, 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 you know, to return to Michael Stone, right? Like, yeah, Michael is a beautiful dancer. He's a beautiful teacher who navigates. It's hard, but it's also easy. Like the thing I talk about in storytelling all the time, Good stories exist in the understanding that it's hard, but it's also easy. Mm. That you are dust, but you are also made of God. That you are infinite, but you are also finite. That you are immortal, but you are also mortal. It's really the middle way, as the Buddha would say. It's It's the middle way. Yeah. It's the middle way. It's the middle path. It's the path that's just always, always changing, you know. Um, the only way you can accept the middle way is by accepting and by understanding how simple it is to fall back, you know, as, as some might say, like, I love that term. It's, it's like a term I grew up with, you know, someone, if you're coming on too strong, you just say fall back, you know, <laughs> like fall back. Like I came in too hot, like, uh, fall back, you know? And so we could all probably use that, like that, maybe that'll be my next tattoo is like fall back.
0: I I would love that 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 um, that tattoo. I might get it before you. I might I might see that idea before. Yeah yeah yeah. Because that's what I've been practicing. Well, (laughs) there you go. That's what I've been doing uh, these days lately, which is a new practice. I feel um, that has has arisen within me of of just like surrendering uh, faithfully and falling back, as you're saying, to that place where you're sustained. Like, you know, you're loved, you know, that you're God, you know, that you're also dust, but you're okay with that. Um, and it's been so, it's been really healing. It's been, it's been really beautiful because the moment I, I inch towards those levels of like really intense stress or whatever, I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. Like you're saying, fall back, fall back, fall back, fall back. Take some two minutes, take three minutes and see how you're feeling. Like today, like I had a, a terrible night's sleep. Um, and it's been like the second night that this has happened. And in the morning I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe it happened again. All these things. Like I I couldn't wake up. I couldn't get up from bed. And before starting my day out, I was like, you need to meditate. You need to sit, you need to sit and be with yourself for 10 minutes at least. And that meditation, I think saved my day because after I I meditated, uh, or or again, meditating just another, just another word for being with yourself and being here now, Um, I was just like, oh, right, right. Fall back, surrender, love. That's all it is. It's very simple. And then I went on with with my day. Um, and and anyway, but you, you brought up the, the power of storytelling and we've, we've talked briefly about it for, for quite a bit throughout this podcast, but I'm really interested in hearing more about your relationship with storytelling. Like how, how has it evolved and how do you use it in your because i also see in, in i saw on your website that you it's not just for you know traditional narrative but you also apply it for business and other such areas so i'm, I'm interested in, in how that plays out and and yeah how that workshop of of storytelling has, has grown
1: yeah i think so, so story is
0: everything right i uh was just
1: was right before this i was with my uh a friend of mine and she's an english teacher and she said, Sometimes I think my job or she said, I want my job to be she teaches twelfth and twelfth and and, and and ninth grade English, I think. And she said, I want my job to be teaching these kids how to tell their story in compelling, accessible ways. Right. And I was like, Yeah, you should do that should be your job. I was like, Yes, like I'm all for that. Like I know you have a curriculum and shit, but I was like, That's <laughs> Probably more important than your curriculum, you know, um, because those kids are doing that anyway, or they're believing the stories that have been put on them anyway. So you might as well help them identify what is their what is their story, and how claiming your story is is a way to imagine a new story and what you can become. Um, that's a sort of tangent in one way, but but yeah, everything is story. That's what I believe. And that's what has changed my life uh, everything is story when we've been made to believe or chosen to believe and knowing the difference is profound. Um, mm. knowing the difference can set you free and knowing the difference can help you create a life you want to live, right? Wow. A life as simple or as complicated as you like. And that's for individuals, but that's also for businesses and for manifestos and companies like, we don't invest in product. We invest in stories. what we do, mm-hmm. All right? We, we back stories. Um, when you go work for a company or, or someone buys your screenplay or someone, they're really investing in you. They want you, they like, they want, they want you, uh, it's you, it's your story. Uh, that's, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, everything is
0: story. So, so what do you teach your? Because I, you, I know you host workshops and and storytelling classes. What are some um, key insights from these lessons that you teach your students, um, and how you have seen them improved over time? Uh, the way they tell stories uh, about themselves, or just in general, the stories they tell. Like, what are some key key things you feel people listening to this podcast like? learning that would help them out tremendously in crafting their own stories, whether it be personal or, uh, you know, in like an actual creative piece.
1: I think some key insights are, uh, just, I'm also like relating to some of the stuff we've chatted about earlier is, uh, find the cosmic humor. like Nothing is too serious. Mm. You know, a little bit of sugar does help the medicine go down. Uh, you know nothing is too holy. There's a Zen saying that says like, as soon as I think I have it all figured out, I step my foot in a can of dog shit. <laughs> and and I like that, right? And um, I think that's true, right? Like nothing is too special. Uh, nothing is too wow. Nothing is too like woe is me. Nothing is too holy. Uh, you know, so I think something we can all take away from our own personal narratives of the stories we want to tell is to find that cosmic humor, which also helps us find that, that, that cosmicness and that God and that, that, right. So it's like dust, dust, in, dust and God. That's what we are at the same time. Um, I mean, we, I mentioned it already because I believe that I try and practice it in my life and uh, I try and get it into all my storytelling and my writings and art. I think good story exists in the middle. Good story is the middle way. Hmm. right? it's 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 telling you something that happened or imagining a future, but also meeting the present. It's meeting your knowings and your unknowings. You know it's uh, it's visionary, but it's also grounded in what's come before, but also where you are now. It transcends time, but it's the middle way that holds it all together. It's in the middle way that you tell someone, "I'm going to tell you a story. Get in the car with me. Travel with me. Right? Wow. Like, come on this journey with me. Um, we'll be safe in this car. Uh, the middle way. Uh, those are the two. Those are the two things I got in this second.
0: <laughs> That's essential. I love that, man. I also loved when you said about the Zen Zang of, of like, you think everything is figured out and then either Squarespace charges you like $300 or, or my friend that happened to him, Ryan, uh, who I hope is listening. Um, he was running uh, in Philadelphia the other day and he was like in his very egotistical drive, like, oh, I'm the best runner. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to be so healthy and I'm going to get this job or whatever. And like he passed an, a runner next to him and he was like, Oh, I'm faster than you, blah, blah blah, like thinking to himself. And then he tripped and like like landed like right on his face. And and because he's a very spiritual being, very, very beautiful being, uh, in that moment he started laughing. He was like, I get it. Okay, I see universe, like I see you're trying to to show me that humble me almost, humble me. <laughs> and, and and like
1: Do you know Father John Boyle?
0: Father John, he sounds so he created. He created Homeboy
1: Industries. Uh, truly a, another sort of teacher of mine, truly a, a one of the beings. He's up there, you know, uh, Father John Boyle. And he says this thing, I pray every day that God humiliates me. And I think about this a lot because I don't have that courage. You know, I don't have that courage. I don't have that ego. I don't have that courage. I don't have that strength. Like, or I do have that ego that I don't have those other things. Um, but I think about it often because what he's saying is, what he's inviting is that cosmic humor, that reminder that he wants to have a deep, deep relationship with dust in God. Hmm. like where do you get when do you get to a place where you've been so he can't be he can't be shaken anymore he can't be moved he can't be like he knows he's on his mission like if god doesn't give you anything more than you can handle asking for humiliation from him is also asking for love and and awareness and awakenings and um You know, I think think about it a lot. Like, and I don't say that prayer. Not a prayer I I ask for, you know. Um, Don't ask for that. Uh, It's tough. It's it's really tough. tough. That's fearlessness.
0: That's courage. And you you know, too, I feel like that when you identify solely, like when you stop identifying so much with this, Ego entity, and you identify with completely with this, let's say, higher frequency, with the way with with uh, God, yeah. Uh, which I'm also I wanted to ask you more about that, but um, that fearlessness just comes naturally. I feel um, it. It you just trust, and you have faith, uh, which faith has been for me uh, a 22 year old. 22-year process, and it's going to keep continuing. But, but I feel like when you get to those states, those higher states of people like John Boyle, it's that you don't. It's it, it's that it's innate. It's coming with from within you, and that fearlessness. Just you embody it uh, because it's no longer coming from that ego that's always trying to control things. It's coming from a different place. It's you almost as you become this channel, this prism. Of, of energy and of kaleidoscopic, uh, light. And you just shine. You, we, at the end of the day, like our atoms, we, we are light. We are light, um, different color, different, whatever light, but we are vibrating all the time. Um, and that's something I felt when I've whenever I've done Reiki with two other people, it's mm. like being with them in that way. It's like, we're connecting in our, in our light essence, our light form. Um, and, yeah, we just have to vibrate harmoniously. And when we vibrate harmoniously, we're kind, we surrender, we work, we do our dharma, we do our practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I actually have been thinking quite a bit, uh, quite a lot uh, these days, uh, because there's been a lot of mention of God in this podcast. And I don't want, for me, my relationship with God used to be very guilt ridden very like, Oh no, I'm sinning. I can't do this. Oh no, I'm going to go to hell because of this. Oh no, no, no. And it was very antagonistic. Very, there was a deep chasm that I did understand it. It wasn't until trauma uh, kind of triggered that awakening that I was like, Oh wait, God is not what I've been taught all my life. But I'm, I'm interested in hearing your own perspective on God um, um, and how you came across it um, and if you've always had a, a strong relationship with it or, or yeah, what, what's been, what's your relationship with God and how do you think of it?
1: My relationship is deep, can be deeper. Uh, I've always had a deep relationship with belief, with the power of believing in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched my mother go to church when she was dealing with some sort of health things. And I watched her health things get better. Wow. And I didn't thank God. I didn't even really think of God. I I, I thought, whoa, believing in something is powerful. Believing in a glass of water, believing in... If I drink a kombucha every day, I like cure my cancer, right? Believing in something. If I meditate, I'm going to cure this, right? We know that the placebo effect is always, you know, more freaking powerful than the drug, right? The power of believing in something is incredible. So that was my first deep relationship or invitation to God, um, was belief. And then... And then I discovered meditation, uh, and that was huge. That was huge. And with that came Buddhism and that was huge. Uh, at what age did
0: you discover meditation?
1: I went to my first silent retreat at 21. Right. Uh, and that was really huge for me. Really huge. Uh, And then I started to read, I just, you know, I just kind of got obsessed and, and I thought like, why as much as I love Buddha and the Buddhism, I thought, you know, so what does Jesus have to say? And then I read, you know, what does Muhammad have to say? I read the Quran, I read the Bible. I kind of like just became obsessed with what are the teachers saying and, and, and why are they different and why are we fighting and do they really, you know, like. I just kind of like filled myself up with that knowledge um, and I came to believe in God came to believe in in a presence that has literally kept me alive in moments that doctors cannot explain
0: wow can you can you give me an example of, of that
1: I you know I had a reaction to something and really no one knows what it was but I lost like two days of my life, you know, I just sort of vanished from the earth. I was sort of here, but I wasn't here uh, for two days. And then I woke up. Uh, No doctor had known what happened, you know, or uh, on top of a million other things that aren't as traumatic. like, like, Like if you woke up, something kept you alive. Hmm. If you fed your body McDonald's, something kept you alive. Like you know, <laughs> something turned that into fuel. Yeah. Something is working on your behalf on a daily basis. We drive cars at very fast speeds, thousand-pound machines, and and we don't just always run into each other. Like like we, I'm not taking full responsibility for that. That's so There's a true. million things that can happen to the people around me that can affect my my life. Yeah. I just at some point refuse to take who the fuck would I think I am if like we're the most hopeless beings on the earth, humans, when we're born. We need someone <laughs> to support us. And I'm not even talking about love. I'm talking about very basic needs I don't need someone's love. I need someone to feed me, clean up after my shit, like be there while I walk. I probably need someone for six, eight years more to just survive on the planet. Mm -hmm. I've never done this on my own. I'm never going to do it on my own. I've met people. I know we've all met people. I know everyone is listening to this and they've had a moment where they'd be like, I don't know where you came from or why you're here right now, but we're both here together. And that's incredible. And that is not coincidence. It is incredible. And you are not fully responsible for it. You take a little responsibility. You listened when you were supposed to listen, you know, you were present, you were this like, but I just refuse to take full responsibility for the blessing that is my life. Hmm. I didn't make this happen by myself. Um, and on top of that, I do believe we all have God in us. And so believing in God helps me believe in other people, helps me see their beauty as often as I can. You know, even when someone's a dick at a gas station, like, all right, you know, but there's God in you. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, motherfucker, but I also yeah. I hope you
0: get everything you
1: need. Like,
0: <laughs> and I mean it, and you mean it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, my relationship to God is deep, and I you know, I, I, uh, and it can be deeper, and it, and it, and it will be, and it's time. And uh, I just try and listen as best I can, and go where I'm supposed to go, and be in touch when I'm supposed to touch, and be what I'm supposed to be. Yeah.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. <sighs> I feel like so relaxed right now for some reason, like listening, listening to, to you speak is always so wonderful because it's poetic and grounded and inspiring and relatable. Um, and I, yeah, it's just wonderful. And I, it's when we let go of that responsibility of like always trying to make things work and controlling things and all that, it, there's such a peace that comes like, I don't know. I don't know how I grew my bones. Like I don't know how uh I'm breathing that's I think that's the core of meditation too. It's like when you're breathing, you're doing it, but you're also not doing it uh, and so that's when you tune into that it's it's very powerful. it's very transcendent because who are you? who is that person breathing and how is that process coming about? <sighs> yeah, believing faith faith do you do you think that we need to experience God to believe in him or have faith in him do you think it's an important component um, because just personally for me it wasn't until I experienced that sense of complete union you know, with the universe in a very unorthodox and unexpected way that that's when the question started coming for me that's when I started reading The Power of Now and reading about the Buddha and thinking oh wait Jesus and the Buddha were just saying the same things like it's in different contexts. Um, so do you think there has to be an experience um, or is an experience important for that uh, belief to, to set in or that curiosity to set in, in the search for God?
1: I think the experience helps, right? Like I talk about this a lot. Uh, thought about this for a long time. Like, why do we always have to hit rock bottom in order to wake up? Right. Yeah. That seems to be the narrative. The narrative is like whether you've been trying or not trying or like you had some overdose or you almost died or, you you know, like your heart broke in such a profound way or you fell down literally, mentally, metaphorically, you fell so hard that you decided to change your life or to wake up, or to whatever those words are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Why does that always seem to be the narrative? And I often ask myself, like, can I, and this is where I invest in art, believe in art, like, can I tell a story or create content or share something that gets them before they fall?
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Can I meet them before the ditch?
0: Yeah, man uh that's that's amazing I think you can
1: <laughs> I hope so I hope so and and sometimes I wonder if that's the way you know like I hope so and I don't know if it's the way and 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 I do I hope so uh and if it is supposed to be my way or our way as artist or your way or anyone's way or forget artist maybe even you know the person at the car wash or the grocery store or the like, can we be present and open enough to meet someone before they fall? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And who knows we haven't fallen yet. Maybe I haven't even fallen yet. Like. I don't know. That's part of it. I think part of it is acknowledging like, yo, there, there's a there's potential for everything. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. You know, they say it's limitless. They say, you know, our potential is limitless. And I mean that, but that means in all directions. That's the thing, <laughs> you know, to go full circle. That's the thing I love about enlightenment and the conversation around enlightenment. And, uh, I had a teacher once say to me, you know, we think enlightenment is happiness, 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 but it's actually understanding that, like, in a single moment, I understand all of the suffering and all of the joy. I hold exactly. all that. I'm present enough to hold all of that, and there is a lot of suffering. There's a lot of suffering. Um, I don't know if I
0: answered your question, but... No, you... I don't, <laughs> I don't know either, but, man, that was powerful because you just... Oh you just clarified so many things that so many questions that I've had as a storyteller, you know, like after I told you a bit about the experience I had in Puerto Rico last Mm -hmm. time we spoke, but, and I, in that moment, it was like this like message that arose from within me, like, you're a storyteller, you're a storyteller. Remember that, like, remember that and like fight for it and look for that. And it's not until this moment right now, the way that even phrasing this, this, this answer that you gave, that I realized that, I'm telling stories, yes, sure, to entertain, yes, sure, to empower, and yes, sure, to inspire. But the underlying current is to to kind of be a guide, to kind of be a friend at the edge of the cliff and be like, hey, hey, wait, wait, you don't – you you can. And maybe you your karma is faded, fading you to fall into the cliff, and you're going to rise eventually. But here's this story. Let me tell you this story that I, from my own experience – and maybe you'll like it, and maybe we can go back and grab a beer or two, and just be with one another and be happy, and be and be curious about the universe that we're living in, and not have to fall, um, not have to always have to break our hearts in order for it to be open, for that light to shine. So thank you for that, because that's really beautiful and that's really inspiring. And and also you said talk, going back to enlightenment, there was this story. I don't know if you've heard. Again, you probably have, but uh, of of Chongyam Rinpoche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well, there goes this story where he he was in the U.S. and he brought one of his teachers who was um, enlightened, um, had this very powerful presence. And one of his disciples of of Rinpoche asked his master, this enlightened master, like, what is your experience of enlightenment? What is it like? How do you go about your day to day life? And the one word that the master said was impermanence. That's it. Impermanence. And so I feel like it ties very nicely with what you said in the sense of like holding, being open with the darkness and the light within you and letting it go (laughs) and just, and just watching it and letting it be and learning to flow because I'm, I'm actually doing this thing right now where I'm like writing my will, uh, Mm. uh, which is, uh, again, at 21 who's listening, I highly recommend it because it's very, (laughs) which is an interesting thing to recommend, but it's very cathartic. It's very liberating. It's, it's almost like you're seeing into the future a bit and you're like, Uh, Like you know what's gonna happen after you go, and you can picture it, and like you want it to be an experience where people can find peace and find solace and understand that death is not the end. Doesn't it doesn't have to be, Um, and that we go on in our children. I think death is God too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think death is an invitation. You know, I I try to I try, I try to consciously invite death to. To, to bed with me at night, to the dinner table, to when I make love, to when I drive my car. Like, it's nice to put death in your lap with you to know that, like, I don't know why you're not taking me right now, but you could.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You could. Mm-hmm. And that impermanence is spot on. The impermanence is spot on. Like, there's no reason, there's no reason that you are deserving of life right now. Because <laughs> like, You haven't done enough that you think your life is granted to you right now. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how fit you are. Fucking crazy shit happens to everyone all the time, no matter what. You are not deserving of this breath. You aren't more special than anyone to to have this breath right now. And so, and so maybe even understanding that you can like, We can become a little closer to our relationship to divinity, to impermanence, to God, to compassion, to like, I don't know why I'm breathing, but I am like, maybe I can love someone more.
0: Exactly. Yeah, because I don't know, I don't know when I'm, if I'm going to have a chance to tell that person that I love them, right? Like that was that was huge for me after the experience that I had that that first awakening again whatever word you want to use is perfectly all right but I remember I called my parents I called teachers uh, that I had that really meant to me I called uh, meant a lot to me I called friends and I just like let out all of like because the three years leading up to that moment had been, had been really tough really really fucking tough looking back on it it was. Again, it was all um, um, grist for the mill, eventually. But, but I, had, I had covered up so many emotions. And upon releasing that, all of that, in, whether it be good or bad, in, 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 into people who needed to hear it or who I wanted to hear it, man, the next day, I had never woken up so light in my entire life. It felt like I had this, like this huge boulder in the back of my, and my back had just been released. And I had a huge smile on my face, even though I had just seen devastating amounts of tragedy. Uh, And I knew that this was a different person that was awakening or arising in bed. But yeah, it really goes to show like, and that's why the whole podcast is called Love Today.
1: <laughs> you know, to bring back the Ram Dass stuff is this, is this though, don't, how do we not get attached to that moment? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we not get attached to the mini enlightenments, right? Like part of it is, and that's where spiritual bypassing comes into play. And that's where like, we do also, because we do have mini enlightenments all the time. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna have those meditations that are like, damn, that feels good. <laughs> that feels yes. good. That yes. feels good. It feels good to hold that love. It feels good to know I'm loved. It feels good to love another. Like it feels good, and and then we're gonna have ones that fucking suck. That it's like, I I'm not, I don't want to I don't want to sit anymore. I just I'm bored. I don't want to like do it. Like I don't I don't want to do it. Exactly. Um, You know, we're going to have those mornings when we wake up and we tell people we love them or, or we have long dinners with our friends and we drink a lot of wine and we think like, why do I do anything else? (laughs) Like, why don't I just hang out with friends and and laugh with them and drink wine? Like, why do I do anything else? And then we're going to have moments where we're like, I don't want to be with friends. Why do I spend so much time with my friends? Why am I not alone more playing my piano all day? Like, that's what I should be doing is loving on me more and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And so it's it's really the dance, right? And it's really the Ram Dass thing of like, don't be attached to it. It's all part of it. It's all yes. And it's all nothing. Like it's all, it's all, all of it. Every single thing, you know? Um,
0: Yeah. So true. Oh my God. I had this thought in my head that I was going to say related to that. Oh yeah. Um, And that's why we meditate every day. That's why it's a daily practice. I feel because Um, And again, it's fine if you don't like there's no the the beautiful thing about meditation, about Buddhism, about that path is like there's no guilt associated with it. It's just either you do it or you don't like that's it. Um, And you deal with the karma that comes along and 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 you deal with whatever awareness that you have in that moment. But I feel like that's the importance of meditating every day so that you can be in tune with all aspects of your soul. Not just the light, right embracing also the dark and being home with the dark um and 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 hearing yourself in those moments so that when they come again you're like, oh wait, I've been here before I'm not so afraid anymore I, I can be at home I can be I can be even when the storm is is coming and that's why I love the story of of the of the house that was built on stone ground and the house that was built on, on sand, you know, in the Bible. Um, And when the blood comes, remember, remember that parable? Remember that parable? No, the, the story that Jesus tells where there's these two people who build their houses, one builds it in, in the sand and with his foundations in the sand and the other person builds it with his foundations in strong rock. And then this really tough tide comes along and it, it obviously destroys the the house of the person on the sand, right? Cause the foundations weren't strong, but the person who built the house on the rock is fine. Um, and, and I think that that's the story conveying the idea of like, when you identify with awareness, which transcends all cyclical rhythms of life, when you can connect with a place where like there can be a storm and there can be sunshine, but you're grounded in that, in that experience of, of, non-labeling and complete acceptance and unconditional love, then your house stands, your house stands. Um, And I've realized that it's not, it's not a metaphorical thing. It's like Mm -hmm. right now I'm experiencing it and right now in, in the house that I'm in right now with my family, like the faith that my mom has, the faith that my father has and our foundations right now during this storm, thank God are strong are strong and it hasn't been it's been a journey with it of course but uh, it's a beautiful journey. It's that that's yeah. that's the important thing. It's a beautiful, it beautiful journey. Uh, um Chris, it's been wonderful, wonderful speaking to you. Um I'm just wondering if you have any last parting words for any anyone who's listening right now, anyone who's on a spiritual path and struggling or any any creator, anything man, forget about that. Anything you want to say, anything that's coming right now from the heart, anything that that you want people to hear during this time of crisis and, and evolution?
1: Do your best. You are doing your best. Every single one of us is doing our best. every single one of us is doing our best and everything we do for better or for worse is us doing our best and we only know what we know as deep as we know it until we know it. Like, <laughs> uh, And within that doing our best, may we all do our best to stay present. If not for ourselves then maybe for someone else. Uh, and and you are loved and you are not alone. Oh, shit. You are not alone. A lot of lonely feelings right now. I've experienced them myself. This sort of fear, this fear of loneliness and being alone. And you are not alone. Yeah, you are You are not alone. Uh, and let me remind you of that or call someone. I know someone loves you and let, and tell them. Tell them you need their love and watch what they do. Watch what they do. As someone who doesn't ask for what they need often and doesn't ask for help when when they're down or a little bit depressed, like it's amazing when you call the people who really love you and you say, yo, would you love me right now? Oh. And, you, and you watch how they show up for you. They will love you. They will love you in ways you didn't even know you needed to be loved, but you have to ask sometimes. Uh, yeah. So I hope you have the courage to ask.
0: Chris, thank you so much. That last that last part was like a prayer. <laughs> Honestly, maybe you didn't intend it to be, but <sighs> I feel I feel at peace. I feel I feel that I'm here right now, and that's wonderful. So, Chris, thank you again so much for being part of the of the Love Today podcast. I hope thank that we can you, talk man. again soon. <laughs> thank you. No, I, you're on you. a good journey. You're on one. <laughs> I sure hope so. Well, I Not don't know. So, I know so. I'm, I'm here. I'm here right now, man. Um, doing my best. Doing my best. Um, thank. You, but thank you for your words. And we'll talk again soon. And until then, is there anything you you want to share uh, that you've been working on? Uh, any any? Yeah, any piece you want to pub uh, uh, that people should check out that you've been involved in. Oh no! I mean, uh, if anyone's interested in my classes, I'm teaching for Second City right now, so
1: they're international because it's all on Zoom, which is cool. Um, so I have some students all over the world. So if you're interested in storytelling or essay writing, there's that. Uh, and then everything is on my website, Uh and that's it. Yeah. Wonderful. Instagram, my name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I'll put all of that in the in the show notes. Until until next time, Chris. Uh, wishing you all the best and be well.
1: Thanks, ma'am. Lots of love.